0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, BYU and the BCS. Impossible, you say? Not according to at least two national sports writers how the Cougars book a trip to college football's premier party. BYU national champion and
1: 18-year NFL veteran punter Lee Johnson makes his show debut. What he has done to help
0: improve the BYU kicking game. Plus, if you could pick BYU's bowl game opponent, which Pac-12 team would you choose? And why? Game on!
1: And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio,
0: it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Wednesday, October 30th, let's go. Happy birthday to BYU Heisman Trophy winner Ty Detmer, and happy birthday to the man, the legend, and my good friend, Jerem Jordan. Thank you. I'm Spencer Linton. Jerem sits to my right, wherever and however you may be listening. Thanks for making us... At BYU Sports Nation, part of your day. A new era of awesomeness begins for Ty Detmer and Jerem Jordan. I didn't know it was Ty Detmer's birthday today. I knew it was Diego Maradona's
1: birthday. Argentina uh, legend, soccer legend. But yeah, Ty Detmer, that's pretty cool. Happy birthday, time
0: Friendly reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation <laughs> oh on BYU Radio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980, the show on demand every afternoon on YouTube.com/slash BYU Radio. That's how you listen, and this is how you join the conversation. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation and vote in our daily poll question. We got a good one for you today on BYUTV Sports.com. If you had the power to
1: choose BYU's bowl opponent, who would it be? We've given you a couple choices here. You can weigh in at BYU Sports Nation, say whatever you want. But here are the choices on BYUtvSports.com. Washington, Oregon State, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah. We've taken out what we think are the top three teams in the Pac-12 that we don't think are going to be in that sixth uh, selection spot, which are Oregon, Stanford, and UCLA. Let's get to a couple tweets while we have a second. At FRRuiz801, he says, uh, USC for the pizzazz or UCLA, since Morris' squad is quite improved. UCLA has pizzazz as well. UCLA is not going to drop that far, I don't think.
0: They're so, not going to be the sixth selection in the Pac-12. They've already played Oregon
1: and Stanford. I don't think they lose another Pac-12 game. I don't think so either. And at Hyde Kobe, he says, Utah because
0: I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, It's simple, right? Weigh in on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation. Now, before we get into the fight-hunger-bull scenario and, and which team BYU is going to play, we have one... Little thing to discuss. Those three letters that I know Jerem loves so much. BYU? B-C-S. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. BCS, BCS, BYU? If the Big Ten sort of falls
2: apart and you have a bunch of 9 and 3 and 8 and 4 teams, um, if the Big 12, if those teams start knocking each other off, and again, this is not crazy talk to think that you could end up having a bunch of 9 and 3 teams out of that conference, now all of a sudden the Fiesta Bowl is sitting there with a BYU squad that travels really well – you know, again, it's a long and winding road and there's a lot of things that have to happen, but I don't think it's out of the question if you get to ten and two, BYU could get themselves in the mix.
0: AP College football writer Ralph Russo telling BYU Sports Nation yesterday that the Fiesta Bowl would take a serious look at BYU if they win out. That would give them wins over Texas, Boise State, Wisconsin, and Notre Dame. That's a huge if. And that is a tall task for BYU to run the table, but if they're there and a number of other things fall into place, then it's not impossible. I thought that was really interesting coming from a guy that works primarily on the East Coast, has the East Coast bias, but he still thinks BYU has an outside shot at cracking into the BCS. Now this is crazy talk, but it's a bye week, so let's go there. First off, let's lay the
1: groundwork for what BYU's BCS criteria is. They have to win win at least nine games, and you have to be among the top 14 in the final BCS standings of the regular season.
0: Nine games is not going to get them into the top 14. They have to win out.
1: Right. So we're assuming, one, that BYU wins out. Now tell me this. Will BYU be in the top
0: 14 of the
1: BCS standings if they win out?
0: It's going to take a lot. I mean, the rankings shuffle quite a bit because teams in the big conferences beat each other up, and so that plays into BYU's favor. But, man, the first test comes at Wisconsin, at Camp Randall. So
1: we're assuming they win out. But it, that, it, okay, so that's done. So if BYU wins out, are they in the top 14 of the BCS? They are right there. They're right there. I don't know if they're in the top 14. Let's say they're 14th. Okay? We're we're talking crazy today. We talk crazy on BYU Sports <laughs> Nation. There are 10 bids to BCS games. There are five games, national title game, plus the other four. Six auto-bids to the conferences, uh, the BCS conferences, one of which is the American Athletic Conference, which is a joke. But there are four at-large bids. If a team like Alabama and Oregon make the national title game, that means that the uh, those conferences will then get, uh, you know, at likely at-large selections. Stanford in the rows probably if they lose to uh, Oregon. And then uh, the second-best team in the SEC, which is still kind of up in the air. We're assuming that Oregon and Alabama go on or whatever. BYU needs a couple of things. They need Fresno State and Northern Illinois to lose. I'm not sure that BYU leapfrogs them. Because if those teams finish in the top 12... Or one of them gets an automatic bid as a non-automatic qualifier.
0: And so I saw somebody bring up Central Florida yesterday. Central Florida is... They're in, is... An
1: automa- they're in a, the, the American Athletic exactly. Conference. Exactly. They, 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 they have an, an auto bid. They
0: have an auto bid, so that does not factor into BYU at all.
1: You need Fresno State and Northern Illinois to lose. You also need a two-loss a two BYU team is not going to get into the BCS. But we're talking about what could happen. Uh, then, as Ralph Russo mentioned, BCS Conference 2nd and 3rd place type teams, we're not talking about Ohio State, Alabama, Oregon, we're talking about Michigan and Michigan State, and uh, the 2nd and 3rd place type teams. Uh, Oklahoma. Yeah, Big 12 type teams that have already lost. Texas Tech, They need Baylor. to have at least two losses. They need to, they can't be one loss teams kind of on the fringe. BYU does not stack up as a two loss against many other two loss teams or less, right? So you need... Two-plus losses. You need Michigan and Michigan State to
0: kind of beat each other up. And that's what he was saying. If they're 9-3, and three, yes, then BYU, with wins against Wisconsin, Texas, Boise State, Notre Dame, they have a shot. They have a shot. Ralph Russo was really intriguing yesterday, uh, given that, uh, again, he's, he's a guy from New York. You know, it was an interesting national perspective. A lot of people are like, "Oh, you're drinking blue Kool-Aid." You're, you're- And we
1: do. T- trust me, we drink the most the bluest Kool-Aid of it all. But I want to look at this from a realistic perspective, and there's there's a tiny chance. I want to say less than 5%, and BYU needs needs the heavyweights to continue to win out. You can't have Oregon lose, you can't have uh Alabama lose, you can't have Florida State lose, stuff like that. So BYU has a less than 5% chance but you're so you're saying there's a chance.
0: Yeah, you are saying there's a chance. And uh, Blaine Fowler, we had him on the show yesterday as well. Talked about how a billion things had to fall into place for BYU to get into a national championship scenario in 1984. And guess what? It happened. They the difference won- being they hadn't lost though. Correct. But BYU doesn't need to go undefeated to get into the BCS, given the strength of their schedule. That was we discussed that early. We thought it would be one. It would require only one loss. So yeah, it's a super outside chance. But the fact that these guys around across the nation are talking about it is big. And after today's show, if you didn't get an opportunity to listen to that interview with Ralph Russo, go online, BYU's uh, BYU Radio's YouTube channel. You can listen to that entire conversation with the AP sports writer. Okay, topic two. Let's move on as we bring things back down to reality. Topic two.
3: We are contracted to go to the Fight Hunger Bowl in San Francisco. Uh, I think with two losses, and especially to the opponents who we lost to and and how they're doing, I think it's a real, real long shot. Athletic
0: Director Tom Homo here at BYU on BYU Sports Nation this week explaining why they accepted the Fight Hunger Bowl invitation. Listen, it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a fantastic matchup against a really good Pac-12 team. The Pac-12 is the second strongest conference right now in terms of rankings and scheduled opponents and all those percentages on the computers right now. They can compete with the SEC from top to bottom. There are nine good teams in the Pac-12 right now. They could get nine teams into a bowl game. BYU gets the sixth selection in the Fight Hunger Bowl. And we have listed, we have projected... The five or six teams we think BYU has an opportunity to play in that game. That is today's BYU TV Sports Nation, sorry BYU Sports Nation poll question,
1: and it's it's uh, like Tom Homo said. Tom Homo said it's going to be uh, a different game than BYU's played the last couple of years in bowl games. So let's review the opponents that BYU's played the last few years. San Diego State. This is in reverse order. Tulsa. UTEP. Oregon State. Unmotivated. Arizona motivated beat and BYU beat them, and beat them UCLA, Oregon, Cal. Those Pac-12 teams in the Las Vegas Bowl were not happy to be there. They were happy to be in Vegas, but they weren't happy to be at that bowl
0: game. Yeah, you could argue that in 2007, when BYU played UCLA, that team was came to play at least a little bit. We had to block a field goal to shut them out, but that. Oregon in '06. I have a good friend that I worked with in Palm Springs that was playing for the University of Oregon. Uh, and he said uh, the team just was—they were loaded, first of all, with talent. Dennis Dixon was the quarterback. But he said they, they just felt like they were defeated because they were relegated to the Vegas Bowl, and BYU rolled them 38-8. to eight. So, yeah, you bring up a good point. Arizona motivated, BYU unmotivated in Rob 2008. Grunkowski
1: Gronkowski on that team, by the way.
0: I shouldn't say BYU unmotivated, just not as excited to be there as Arizona they, was.
1: BYU had gone 8-0 and and then kind of faded at the end of the yeah, year. Had three yeah. losses the last, what was it, five games. So it, our poll question has to do with that today. And look, the teams that are in this mix that's, are exciting. Number one that sticks out is obviously Utah. Uh, a rematch there, possibility, probably not going to happen. But Washington, Oregon State, USC, Arizona, maybe Arizona State, who's kind of in that fourth best team spot right now. Those are those are good teams. I think that those teams will be motivated to finish strong. And hopefully BYU doesn't get somebody that's lost three in a row and is kind of in that Vegas Bowl mentality. It's not impossible that that bowl game would feature two ranked teams. That'd be awesome. That That's what happened in '09 against Oregon State. And BYU crushed
0: them. And it was a great end of the season. So either way you look at it, okay, yeah, if you get into the BCS, clearly that is... That is a huge thing for BYU. They've never done it, Um, and we're not going. The last year of the BCS, it it would be the opportune time to do that because it goes away next year. But if they play in the Fight Hunger Bowl it's not like you're taking a serious step back. You're going to have a great, intriguing matchup. Again, Athletic Director Tom Holmo joining us on BYU Sports Nation this Monday. And that guy deals with a lot of stuff, especially the difficulty of getting bowl games scheduled. But ESPN's alliance with BYU certainly helps his job.
3: We felt when we went independent a number of years ago that this bowl series... Um, this, this time around, it was going to open up a little bit more and that there would be more open games, but it's actually gone harder. It's gone more stringent in the alliances between the conferences and the Bulls. So now there's more games that are locked up, mm. and, that, and there are very far fewer um, open games. But because of our partnership with ESPN, we have an opportunity to slide into some of their games.
0: Tom Holmo again joining BYU Sports Nation and look he understands the landscape of college football better than most and where BYU fits in it and how they can stay relevant and that is his top priority is how to help BYU and Bronco Mendenhall fulfill uh, their objectives of becoming a nationally relevant team year in and year out. Not just a bowl team, not just a top 25 team, but a top 10 team that wants to at some point compete for a national championship. And he's going to do whatever he has to do, starting with the schedule and bowl game scenarios. And a lot of people were skeptical on BYU's independence, including Ralph Russo, who was the AP college rider we had on yesterday. He admitted it. He said, you know, I, I was... I didn't really think it was going to work out too well for BYU, but Tom Homo has done a nice job with the schedule. And to his credit, BYU, once again at 6-2 and two this season, guess what? They're in the national discussion again. And they've got guys saying that, well, maybe if they win out, they can get into the BCS. Did you ever think that was going to happen after the season opening loss at Virginia?
1: No, which which means that BYU's done a couple of things, which we talk about on the show pretty consistently, which is to be nationally relevant, we've decided you have to do three things. You have to win, you have to play an exciting style, and you have to have stars. And BYU's been doing that during this five-game win streak. And I think what what happens the rest of the season for BYU is all about this season, but it's also about where is BYU going? You have to answer two questions all the time as BYU, as an independent. What are you doing now, and where are you going? Yeah,
0: how are you going to slingshot this thing forward?
1: Yes. Teams that finish with 10 or 11 wins and return their starting quarterback are always ranked the next year. Always. So, BYU can do that with a sophomore Taysom Hill becoming a junior, and if BYU can win 10 or 11, 10 or 11 games a season... They can go into next season and be relevant because next year's schedule is easier than this year's schedule. They still have Texas and Boise State. At Texas, at Boise State, at Central Florida has become tough. But other than that, your next toughest game is probably Houston, Utah State, and uh, at Cal. Who's Cal's probably your sixth toughest game. And Utah
0: State and Houston are home.
1: Yes. At Connecticut, here's the whole schedule, at Connecticut, at Texas, Virginia at home, Houston, Utah State, at Central Florida, Nevada, at Boyce State, at Middle Tennessee, Southern Miss is probably dropped, UNLV, Savannah State, and at Cal. Okay, you so can win 10 or 11 games there.
0: You can probably win 12 games in that schedule. You can- and you won't be in the college football
1: playoff. If BYU goes undefeated, I don't think they're in the top four next year. They'd have to do it two years in a row.
0: Even if they start the season ranked? Yes. Why? Why? How does that work? If you start right, the season ranked
1: right now, right now would BYU? Where would BYU be if they were undefeated? They'd sit right behind Ohio State at a minimum. Minimum five. Guess what? That's out of the college football play.
0: Okay. Well, now we see my point. Now we're getting
1: way ahead of ourselves. Right. But the point being, do most of the time for BYU to to say we had a great season, it's not going to be BCS or bust or college football playoff or bust. It's going to be get double digit wins and uh
0: win your bowl game and be be ranked in the top 15. That's that's the goal every year. Well, guess what? If BYU okay, they go undefeated, they they lose one game next year and they're in the top 10, success. You could still go to a former BCS game. That's what I'm saying. I'm I love it.
1: If BYU doesn't ever go to a BCS game, I'm not bothered by that. Well, one, it's ending this year, but the college football player, that's fine with me. That's that's really, really elite. If BYU can
0: get there once or twice every now and then, that's great. We're going to tell you why BYU playing in the Fight Hunger Bowl this year is the best option for Cougar football. Okay? Again, we, we've touched on it lightly, but we are going to tell you at least a couple of reasons why they are in a good place in San Francisco. Let's hit a couple of more tweets right now, and we go to Greg Rebel, our good friend, the radio voice of the BYU Cougar, sounding off on which game he would choose if he could pick the Pac-12 opponent BYU face in the Fight Hunger Bowl. And he says, Washington, because of Sark. That would be awesome. Steve Sarkeesian, former BYU quarterback, led him to a 1997 Cotton Bowl win, 14-1 season. They finished ranked 5th that year. Sark was great. Now he's doing a Fantastic job in Seattle at the University of Washington. So, yeah, that that would create for some really intriguing bowl game buildup. At Spence1CA,
1: he says, Washington or Oregon State. I think either would be a great challenge and make for entertaining games.
0: At Eric Biggert, ideal Stanford and it's power O against our front seven. Never going to happen. Realistically, question mark, USC for the attention. Yes,
1: USC is always talked about, good or bad. I would love it. At Pioneer Loft. Arizona State because it's been a while. That is true. Coming Coming up up on BYU
0: Sports Nation, former BYU All-American and NFL kicker Lee Johnson joins us next. He'll tell us what he told Justin Sorensen that has resulted in major success for the Cougar kicker. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation
3: right after this. Rise and shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation.
0: Thank you, taters. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the shows very quickly and growing. Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation.
1: Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps today. You can find the BYU TV iOS app in the iTunes Store and Google Play for Android. And the BYU Radio app is in the iTunes store. Download them today for the best of BYU sports.
0: If you could choose BYU's bowl game opponent, a Pac-12 opponent for the Fight Hunger Bowl, which team would it be? We go back to Twitter and at Jeff Ibsen, Utah or USC? Utah needs no explanation. And beating Texas and USC in the same year would be great. And then at David
1: underscore settle, USC. I'd love to beat Boise State, Notre Dame, USC, and Texas all in the same I year. Love that that tweet. sounds so awesome.
0: That's if great. You, if you beat Boise State, Notre Dame, USC, and Texas all in the same year, how are you not in the BCS? He didn't put Wisconsin in there. Wait a minute.
1: Yeah. David underscore settle. Yeah, that's, that's a huge one on the schedule.
0: Toughest game for sure. At Dick's Dog Twenty Seven, USC is not a great passing team, which plays into BYU's strength. So it could be. Uh, well, the thing is, I, I want to play the best opponent available. Bring it! Yeah, let's let's make it really difficult. And I think Oregon State for me.
1: Alabama, fight yeah, no. Hunger Bowl.
0: Let's do this. <laughs> We welcome into the show our first guest of the day. His name is Lee Johnson. He played from 1985 to 2002 in the National Football League, 18 seasons, 259 games. He had a 63 yard punt in Super Bowl 22, was it? Is that right, Lee Johnson? It's
2: uh, 23, 23, I think. 23.
0: Super Bowl 23 yeah. with the Bengals against the San Francisco 49ers. We welcome you and appreciate the time you're taking with us.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. By the way, I want to go with Oregon. As I do I have a problem with that? I want to put Oregon <laughs> straight up. I don't Enough of USC, Utah. We can demolish, demolish those guys. I want Oregon.
0: I was just going to ask you which team you'd pick. Okay, so bring on the Ducks and <laughs> okay. the Fight Hunger Bowl. <laughs> so I don't gonna...
2: know. Maybe not. Those guys are dang good.
0: They certainly are. Lee, they call you uh, Thunderfoot, 1984 All-American with BYU and a national champion. How much attention and how closely do you pay attention to uh, Cougar football these days? Uh, I know you're involved with the kickers, but uh, how much time do you have to just follow the program in general?
2: You know, quite a bit. Definitely the kickers, but I definitely go to all the home games, watch all the away games. So I'm involved. uh, I'm a Monday morning quarterback like all of us. (laughs)
1: Are you a Monday morning punter and place kicker as well?
2: absolutely i'm crit- criticizing those guys critiquing them regularly and often in t- oftentimes in front of them so i'm okay
1: much has been made of the help that you've uh given the bYU kickers can you tell us the relationship you have with those guys and what you've done to uh coach them
2: sure justin you know i met justin before he went to bYU as a senior being a sure and i'm an amazing kicker when i first saw him i couldn't believe what i was seeing uh, coming out of a senior in high school certainly he uh has let a lot of people down as far as what the expectations were um, going, you know, certainly into his senior year. But I think a lot of that comes comes along with the injuries he's had, which are real. I know a lot of people don't uh, buy into that, but they've been really suffered great injuries with his back, and any kicker would tell you that you need a good, solid back. And a lot of confidence issues. I think Bronco has struggled with him as well as the other coaches, rightly so, in a lot of ways. But we spent a lot of time this summer, two months to be exact, kicking competitively with the other two kickers on the roster. And uh, we went at it. I did not. Uh, I told Justin he's, he's got to win a job, and the other two guys are going to head on with you, and I'm going to report to Bronco who wins the competition over the two months. Wow. And early on, I was worried about him. He was not the best kicker.
0: Interesting. He,
2: Interesting. He's the best kicker. Fundamentally strong technique, he's the best kicker. But he was not. Getting the best results of the other two guys.
0: I'm not sure how last, you instill. Yeah, I'm not sure how you instill confidence back into a kicker who's who's gone six for twelve his last season. He's already made two more field goals, fourteen this year than he attempted all of last season. Uh, what what did you see to uh, help him gain that confidence back, which is a really tricky situation?
2: It is. It is, and a lot of it is just confidence. It's the mental side of it versus the physical. You know, he does strike the ball well, and he and he he started striking the ball really well towards the end of the summer. But it's really just getting in his head and talking through the things he's thinking about being a former kicker. I know exactly what bugs him and where his head is at when times go bad and when coaches are messing with your head or just whatever it is, the little things that you shouldn't have to worry about. And my thing to Justin, as well as uh, Paul Pidwell and Bronco, is the kickers want to be left alone. They don't need to be talked to. They know. And bottom line, let the guys play and do their thing. And if they miss, whatever. Leave them alone. So the mental side of it we worked on quite a bit, but just ball striking and hitting the ball and knowing what he's doing, it got to the point where I don't, don't tell me, don't have me tell you what you did wrong, Justin. When you miss, turn around and tell me what you did, and then you become a kicker. When you can know what you did every single time, then you have arrived as a kicker. And he developed that, and uh, I think it's paid off. You know, the the miss he had the other night uh, against Boise State, he went, what did he go, go three for four?
1: Three for four, yeah. yeah. Three
2: for four, I believe, yeah. And the first miss was a 41-yarder, and it was the exact same thing I saw him do when we first started. He always hooks the ball when he's missing, and he did the same thing. And what I was so impressed about is how he adjusted and got back to what he knows he needs to do technically. And he just ended up hitting three for three after that. So little things like that that just help kickers, and only kickers would probably understand it because we are a little unique guys.
0: Lee Johnson, an 18-season veteran in the NFL, 259 games, joining BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Lee, do you, have a, do you have like a bat phone you can signal into when uh, you want to get a quick message to, to Justin on the sideline? <laughs>
2: Uh, it's funny, we were, I was on the sidelines for the Utah game, and I just did not want to be near them. They don't want to be near me. I don't want to mess with these guys. <laughs> you know, if they need me, I have them call me. So there is, my phone is always on for them, and I take it. I, this last week I actually took a call from Scott and Arleno, and uh, we chatted a little bit. But no, I'm always there. I am a true cougar, and I'll do whatever it takes to, to keep my guys going. And, you know, I consider my guys a kicker and the punter, And the hold and the snapper as well. I deal with all all four of those guys.
1: BYU national champion, all American, and uh, NFL punter for a long time, eighteen seasons. Lee Johnson joins BYU Sports Nation. So for two months, you you try out, you practice with these kickers. Was this something Bronco asked you to do, or you asked Bronco if you could do it?
2: You know, his boy was playing on my boy's baseball team, and in June I started messing with his head a little bit, Bronco's head, just telling him that uh, you know, just going through Justin and telling him I'm going to make him the kicker that he we, that I thought he was, and, mm-hmm. and we all expected him to be. And we laughed about it during the games and we had some fun and I think we have a sandwich bet on it. I haven't hit him up on it yet after like the season. I wanted money. He wanted to talk sandwiches so I sandwiches. Anyway, so uh, I took it upon myself just to go down there with Paul Tidwell's blessing and uh, and just take these guys and they, they bought into what I was doing. Every well two two times a week, sometimes three times a week, we would meet and all the guys, snapper, holder and kickers would show up and I'd put them through the ringer, big-time ringer. I mean, we did not just kick like a driving range and kick in the same spot. We we competed in different spots on the field. We had situations, every situation I would put, you know, okay, guys, it's third quarter, is playing Texas, we're down by three. You know, put those type of things on it. And it was, uh, I think it was something that I wish I had when I was playing, someone to grab me around the neck and say, look, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it because every kick becomes critical. I think sometimes we're not driving range. You know, you're hitting balls, you're on your 30th ball. It's like you're just hitting the hit. Every kick was a game-winner type of situation, so they get their mind right. They get the feeling of what it's like to be in a situation because they know the next guy is probably going to or possibly could make it after he misses it, and I'm going to turn that into Bronco. I'm going to tell them what happened Love in those it. situations. So it, I think it helps. And you know, maybe maybe in the end he'll blow up and he'll bomb out, and I'll be the worst coach ever. But you know, for <laughs> now, it looks like Justin has bought into some things, and he's really hitting the ball well.
1: That's yeah, working. What other kickers were involved in that, and where did you do this?
2: We did it at, at the right there at BYU in the uh, at the practice field. It was. Uh, did you have Moose uh,
1: Moose, Moose Bingham Moose. and Trevor Sampson
2: and Trevor? Uh, yeah, Moose and Trevor. For the two guys, Trevor came in late from, I forgot, Sacramento State or Fresno so I forgot where he came in from exactly. JC transfer. And he came in a little raw, and, uh, you know, I had to work with, with Trevor, and I think we got a few things going, Trevor. You know, Moose, I thought, was a, a good high school kicker. You know, Moose isn't super strong, but he's pretty dang consistent. Moose actually was leading out the whole time. Yeah, the entire both. summer. Wow. He was the percentage winner. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. He was the the percentage winner until the last two weeks. And then just Justin, when he's connected, we were able to identify some things mentally that he needed to do. You know, Justin's got these big, fat feet. I don't know if you've ever seen him. Or you've seen his butt. He's got a big butt and he's got a big body. He's <laughs> the biggest kicker <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Bigger than Matt Payne? He, oh, yeah. He's, yeah, than
1: he's, he's thicker than Matt Payne.
2: He's not as tall. He's not as tall, but he's actually 6'2". I bet he's close. Anyway, his feet are big and beefy, and it's a lot of foot on a small football, so I would have to get him to... You know, our phrase was clip the ball. Just clip it, kind of like golf, and you kind of clip it off at the deep rough or whatever it is you're in. You just want to clip it with your foot. So we worked on a few things where he could come up with key phrases that would, that he could talk about or, or say right before he kicks just to help him. And I think towards the last two weeks, those phrases started to make sense. And, uh, anyway, that's kind of where we're at right now. He hasn't called, and I told him, call him when you got a problem, and he hasn't called the entire season. So all is well.
0: Lee Johnson, former NFL kicker, 1984 All-American and national champion here at BYU on BYU Sports Nation. Your comments prompt a question, Lee. Who's, who's the guy next year after Justin, Justin Sorensen graduates? I know that you said Moose was the percentage winner. Uh, are, are both guys, Trevor and uh, Moose, c- capable of taking the starting role?
2: They have to be thrown in the mix. Kickoffs are going to be tough for both those guys. Nowadays, the ball has to go eight to ten deep, if not out the back of the end zone. Both those guys will probably not be able to do that unless things change dramatically between now and then. And I don't expect them to, just because they're grown men and uh, you know things don't change that much. But as far as you know, a lot of times a punter will handle that kickoff job. Which, what I did in the NFL, I was a punter, but I also did all the kickoffs and backup field goals. So in that regard, I think they're going to have to find someone to kick off. Yes, they're they're capable. They've got some work to do, but they're definitely capable of hitting field goals inside 40. Certainly, you know, moose you get moose outside 45, 46, 47, things struggle. But you know, notice Bronco even with Justin, Bronco has chosen to punt. Um, multiple times, which kind of frustrates me. It's almost as if you're not yeah. showing confidence. Now I know he did come up short. And I didn't realize it. I, I missed this game, or I was—I forgot where I was. But he came up short on a 53. Is that correct?
1: At the end of a half, they—they uh, they threw him. In, I'm trying to remember which game it was. A was Georgia Tech, I believe. It was Georgia At Tech, the yeah. end of the first half, they threw him out yeah. there for a 53.
2: And that just—and uh, I didn't talk to him about that. I don't know if the, the ball, the hold was fine or the mechanic. The fact that he came up short—I think he was straight, but he came up short. You know, that shocks me. He's got a powerful leg, so maybe he miss it, and I'll talk to him, find out now that you got me thinking about it. I'm a little frustrated that he came up short. <laughs> but anyway, it's, uh, it's, uh, I think they are. There's a new kid. There's a kid I worked out yesterday. He'll be on the team, um, Cody. He's from, uh, I think he's from Arizona. I'm not sure which part of Arizona. He'll be a kid thrown of the mix, and we're gonna do the same thing this summer. I'm gonna put these guys through the ringer big time. It's just, I gotta do it, because I know it helps. And I'm sure they'll have another walk-on or two that uh, they're going to want to try. I don't know if they're going to give any scholarships or not. I don't know. Well, I guess they're up, right? For the fall of uh, 14, I guess there's – yeah, so we know who's coming in. It'll be all walk-ons, I guess. So anyway, yeah, I'll work with whoever's there. And Moose and Trevor are capable kids. Kids, listen to me. I'm 52. I'm all kids. <laughs> capable young men. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Scott's going to be back, the punter. And, uh, you know, he's he's – He's impressed me. He's let, he's disappointed me a few times. Yeah, what impressed me about Scott is, you know, he has these horrific punts and then he'll come back and just bail you out like he did in Houston. And even against Boise, he came back strong. The last two games have, have been a little off for him though early on. I'm trying to figure out what's going on and a lot of it is his, uh, you know, he, he gets down on himself a little bit like we all do as, as players, athletes. We get down on ourselves and some guys handle it better than others. But Scott certainly has got a powerful leg. Very capable to, you know, I don't honestly go to the next level necessarily, just because he's so inconsistent right now. But I think he could become a very good punter. You know, Riley was a great punter. He was awesome. He was very slow. I can't believe people didn't go after him and block him every other punt. <laughs> I've never seen someone be able to drink a cup of. Uh, well, I can't say a cup of coffee, but I'll say a cup of coffee. Postum is
1: what Mor- the Mormon Post substitute, him. right? Hot chocolate. You
2: know, a, a cup of Senka. Anyway, <laughs> it was unbelievable. I have never seen a punter be able to take so much time in my life. And that's, I think, why he was unable to take it to the next level. Certainly his leg was great. <clears throat> his ability to kick directionally was something that all NFL coaches love. i got to believe it were spooked by his get-off time from snap to kick. Now, maybe you could have sped it up when you spent three years uh, camping out back there to to take your time. It's it's hard to, to make the move to kicking it under two seconds total get off, two two and a half, two point seven.
1: So under Those two numbers. is the goal, eh?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to be able to go one eight, one one eight five if you got a rush. If you if you identify there's coming all out blitz, then you want to be able you want to be able to get it off. You're gonna be able to get it off two, three, two, four sometimes, but you never know. And they don't have this formation in the NFL where they have three you know, towering infernos who are there to put up a wall, like uh, is common with college football these days. Certainly BYU.
1: Lee Johnson joining BYU Sports Nation. Sorry, what was that?
2: No, I was just saying BYU's got those three big guys, and I know a few other teams like Utah does. And it's it's becoming more popular at college, and I think they're able to do it because the guys at the line of scrimmage can take off. And the pros, you got to wait till the ball is punted before anyone can leave the line of scrimmage. And that really changes the game because these guys in college, you know, the second the ball is snapped, they can take off and they get two two and a half seconds. What they're twenty, they might be twenty twenty five yards downfield by the time the ball is punted. Very different.
1: Hmm. Didn't know that one. Uh, Lee Johnson joining BYU Sports Nation. Enough about those guys. Let's talk about you. So I I was looking up some stuff about you. Uh, So you have a you have an NCAA record still in the books. Do you know what it is? Uh,
2: You know, is it the all right, now you got me. Okay, yeah, best average in a game.
1: Best right. average in a game, sixty point four versus yeah. Wyoming on October eighth, nineteen eighty three. Had five punts for three hundred two yards and an eighty <laughs> yarder in Laramie. <laughs> How the oh, heck man. did that happen? I did. I did notice it was sixty degrees, and so that barefoot was just fine, right? <laughs>
2: yeah, it was awesome. You know what it was? It was a well. For one, they're seventy nine, seventy five hundred feet above sea level, and to kick an eighty yarder, you have you need to have plenty of you need to be lucky enough to be able to kick. An 80-yarder, so you got to be backed up, and uh, I, I crushed it. I absolutely—it was one of those perfect punts. I even think it went out of bounds, guys. I think it went 80. Oh, wow, went out of bounds. It Where was the line 90. of scrimmage? I think it was. Uh, we need to go back in the record. I think it might have been the 12-yard. I think I was in the end zone.
0: <laughs>
1: You're in the end zone. <laughs>
2: Somewhere in the end zone. Yeah.
0: You pinned him inside this. the 20 from inside your own end zone.
2: <laughs> the beauty of that game, guys, we were playing Laramie, and Laramie, they just got, uh, I don't know if you remember, the, the first time we got that really cool scoreboard, Laramie.
1: I was negative 22 same. days old, so I do not remember that, Lee Johnson. <laughs> you were
2: not. Yeah, you're a young pup. Anyway, they just got their brand-new million-dollar scoreboard, and on one of my PATs, I kicked it and I hit the scoreboard and knocked out the lights. It was the <laughs> best day of my life. Sweet.
0: <laughs> what a game. What a game. And I, I want you to know, when we found out you were going to join our show, Jerem Jordan uh, sent us a message and said, I'm, I'm going to take off my right shoe and sock uh, to honor oh, Lee Johnson.
1: I did Just not do go. it because of the fear of the smell. <laughs> the <laughs> when, smell,
2: good when, move. Yeah.
1: When, when so you did you, on. I know you've been asked this a million times, but when did you decide to go barefoot? Oh,
2: man, right before I came to BYU. I was kicking. I was walking on a BYU. Me and my dad were out in Texas, and it was about 95 degrees in Texas. And I thought, Man, I'm going to take my shoe off. And I kick. I took it off, and we kicked the, the rest of the day. And I was absolutely crushing. I couldn't believe the difference between a barefoot and a shoe. And not realizing that I'd be playing in Utah, where the weather does get cold. <laughs> in Texas, it's always warm. But anyway, I I just I I stayed with it. Finally, in the NFL, I put my shoe on because we started playing, and you know we play in December when you're. Many games I've played when it's been negative, below zero. So I'm glad I did that. It's my third year I put my shoe on. But it, was, it's a, it really is, it's a, what do I say, bounce a basketball on the cement and then go bounce a basketball on carpet and see how the ball bounces, where it bounces better. It's the same idea with a football. When you make contact with the, the top of your foot on their bony foot, it just it responds. The ball just flies off your foot.
0: Interesting. Do you have a permanent yeah. callus on the top of your foot?
2: Yeah, I did. When I was, when I was doing it full-time, it was all leathered up. It was great. I mean, you could torch <laughs> it. You could put a blowtorch on it. I wouldn't feel it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> have you tried wow. to talk uh, Scott Arlano or Justin Sorensen into kicking that way?
2: No. You know, I never would do that. It's it's not fun. You, you suffer in a certain area. The, if there's any water on the field at all, if it's wet at all, you, you totally lose your ability to you know that last step going into your kick, you have it's a drive step, and you slip, you can't you can't build any power up. And that's why I put my shoe on. I started playing in Cleveland when I played for the Browns, and every morning in training camp it was wet from the dew, and I was just kicking miserably, and uh, I decided to put my shoe on at that point because I couldn't get enough traction. So that that was uh, I thought my career was over really because I was a punter and a barefooted punter, and I was doing my thing. and I was drafted because I could crushed the ball, and now I put a shoe on. But it really extended my career because I learned how to become a real punter and uh, took a little off my distance, but certainly helped my consistency.
1: Lee Johnson joins BYU Sports Nation. We've talked about that game versus Wyoming in 1983. I noticed that BYU only punted 24 times in 1983. That's the an entire average of year. two of games. So I'm wondering what you did for fun during that season.
2: You know, I was just doing a lot of weeping and wailing. It was <laughs> it was tough. I did, you know, I did the field goals as well. I didn't kick many field goals, but I don't know if this is true or not. Now, I do know that I led the nation with a 50.6 but And it could have been a record. Yes, that that is still – that's still –
1: oh, I checked it. Uh, That's a team record still. That's the highest punting average in a season for anybody.
2: In the NFL. In 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 college
1: college football. football. And the highest net punting as well. So three records associated with 83
2: punting. Uh, But they wouldn't give me any kudos because – you know Why?
0: 24 punts?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, the minimum. Point. It was 25 minimum or something like that,
2: right? I, I think you need 3.6 a game. Oh. I think the rule is you have to average at least 3.46 or whatever it is. So Boo. I can do about 30, 36 punts. Yeah. Listen,
1: so Lee, over. that season, whatever. It's still in the NCAA record book. I looked it up this morning. So you have three records associated with your junior season.
2: They oh, live on. Man. They live on. I'll take it. They live on. <laughs> okay. Kudos. No honors.
0: We'll give you kudos on BYU Sports Nation, Aaron. Sound the uh, the birthday, whatever you call it. Yeah, yeah, that's for you, Lee Johnson. <laughs>
1: the birthday. Oh, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather oh, give, give him a rising and shout. Cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> there, that's there better. You birthday. There you go. Horn. Now
2: what I the heck? <laughs> oh, like Jim Cramer on CNBC with all his little sound effects. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lee, we thank you for the time. Great insight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
2: Hey, thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Go kooks. Up next, there
0: are at least two reasons the Fight Hunger Bowl is the best option for BYU. We'll tell you those next. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more
3: BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Tyler Haas, and you are in BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Go Cougs.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in the BYU broadcast building. Hey, Saturday night, men's basketball team playing their final exhibition against Alaska Anchorage. Watch and listen to it live, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain, Saturday night on BYU TV and BYU Radio. At Troy B. Adams just sent the following tweet. This is great. I was at a game at
1: Air Force when Lee Johnson kicked one out of the stadium in warm-ups. He was Thunderfoot. <laughs> Lee Johnson crushed it there. That was great. I learned so much about kicking. Um, the, we joke about kicking all the time in football, but he had some great insights there. I hope, uh, hope you appreciate what he brought to the table there. He crushed it.
0: Yeah, at Sam Sop also tweeting, and I thought having Lee Johnson on the show was awesome. Kicking is an aspect of the game that never gets discussed. Yeah, and we really did learn a lot great stuff right there. Uh, before the break we mentioned that we're going to tell you why the Fight Hunger Bowl is the best situation for BYU. And number 1 it comes down to location, location, location.
3: I tell you fans, if you haven't been to San Francisco in the in the Christmas season, it's pretty special and with the game being on the 27th, I think people can spend their Christmas day and do their traditional things with their family, and then get on a plane, get on a bus, get on a train, get in a car. Get on a trolley. And
0: come to the <laughs> game. Had to get that trolley bite in there, didn't you, Jeremy? Of course.
1: It's San Francisco. It's a San Francisco tree. You eat your rice and roni on your trolley, right? Look, San Francisco,
0: great place. Great place to visit as a tourist and as a sports fan. It's one of the greatest sports cities in all of America. The fan base is... Uh, dealing with Utah and BYU are are great, and there's a huge. If, let's say BYU plays USC, there is a a ton of people they're going to come up from Southern California to watch that game. Uh, both BYU and USC alums, uh, it's it's an easy it's an easy game to want to go to.
1: Yeah, it, first things first, BYU. If BYU said, "Okay, I know we have this contract with you guys, but we're going to hold out for maybe something better." Probably not BCS, but some other bowl game. That's not going to happen. All the other bowl games are tied into different conferences. Conference is more powerful than an independent BYU. So for BYU to hold out for something better, that's not realistic. This is the best situation for BYU. And we're telling you why. One is location, like you mentioned. San Francisco is a major city in America, so you're going to have major media talking about BYU in this game. And if BYU wins, we talk about exposure, by the way. Exposure is great when you win you got to win to make that exposure good. Exposure is terrible if you continue to lose. But BYU, uh, on a five-game win streak, hopefully can win out, get into this bowl game, play a name opponent, win that game. That's tons of leverage to the next season. Not to mention location in terms of getting fans to the game. You're between the two hot spots in the United States uh, outside of Utah. I guess you could call three hot spots. Arizona, Southern California, and uh, the Northwest you have a lot of uh, members of the LDS Church that are going to want to go
0: to that game. Yeah, Athletic thought Dr. Tom Homo talked about spending Christmas in the Bay Area, bowling in the Bay Area, and how that would be a, an easy trip and a fun trip for BYU fans. But also, he, he's calling out fans to just get to the game.
3: I look at it as just a win-win, positive thing. And the more people that we can get to this game, the more it helps us in the future about uh, bowl games looking at us and being attractive for their games. Okay, so BYU
0: has a great fan base. And it's funny when they say they travel well. Well, no, they, they just, wherever they go, they have they BYU just leave fans. leave their houses. Yeah. Some <laughs> they everywhere. Some people will follow, yes, and, and go to California. But uh, it, it's such a nationwide brand and people... BYU fans are, are living all across the country, that they will generate those fans from the immediate area. And, and that's what makes BYU and a school like Notre Dame unique. Now, the opponent, we've talked a ton about which team you want to see. We know that it's going to be quality and out of the Pac-12. Here's Fight Hunger Bowl Executive Director Gary Cavalli telling us how the Fight Hunger Bowl will give BYU a great opportunity to match up against a very solid opponent.
2: It'll either be a named team, you know, like, a, like I said earlier, USC or Washington or Oregon State, or it'll be their closest rivals. So I, I think it's going to be very appetizing for BYU fans either way.
0: Fight Hunger Bowl Executive Director Gary Cavalli joined BYU Sports Nation last week, also spoke with him on BYU TV's Countdown to kick off. Great guy, really, really gave uh, some solid insight and, and didn't scoot around any of the questions. We asked him if... Uh, you know, are you looking at BYU Utah? Which teams are are you matching up right now? Personally, from talking with Gary, I think he's leaning towards BYU USC. You can't really argue with that matchup.
1: Yeah, it didn't sound after talking to Gary Cavalli and Tom Homo on this show that uh, Utah is a realistic option for that. That. That is not the way that uh, these teams want to go. Utah still has to become bowl eligible for one thing. But if that option was there, probably not likely. But the point that he was trying to make was, it's going to be Utah or it's going to be a named team. I love it. Another named team to a tremendous schedule. Listen to the names on the schedule. You've heard them a million times, but just listen to them in this context now. Let's say you add USC. Texas, Utah, Georgia Tech, Boise State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame.
0: USC. Or Washington. Or Oregon State. I,
1: you, you remember when we when BYU fans were thinking, man, we need to go to the Big East and we do it, need to do it now. No! <laughs> the teams that I just listed <laughs> off are awesome. I would rather be an independent than play in the
0: Mountain West or Big East. That's it's, all I have to say the rest of the show. I'm done. That's like seven bowl games right there. Texas, Utah, Georgia Tech, Boise State, Wisconsin, Notre Dame, and then, of course, the actual bowl game where you face the Pac-12 opponent. That is an incredible... Schedule Independence
1: is awesome.
0: It really is. Like it, it has worked out so nicely. A lot of skeptics out there, and I think a lot of them within BYU Sports Nation. But it has it has panned out nicely, and all the credit goes to Tom Homo right there. Speaking of Tom, this might he he believes, and he told us this might be the best
3: bowl matchup in years for the Cougars. I think whoever the opponent is going to be, it'll probably be the best opponent that we've had in years. And that's one of the reasons why we focus on that, because I like the matchup. I like the game. um, I like the time. It's good for our fans. It's good for our team. And all of those things together make for a great situation.
0: Let's get to some tweets right now. How about this? This is at Troy Schoonover. From Pensacola, Florida, thanks for telling us where uh, you're tweeting from, Troy. USC is a compelling opponent, good brand, budding regional rivalry, and beatable. I haven't thought about USC as a rival, but really, I think there's some animosity there, given that they are USC.
1: They don't have animosity against BYU.
0: No, but I think BYU
2: would
1: want to beat USC. Oh, of course. BYU wants to beat everybody they play, but if it's USC, that's motivation enough. They are a big-name team.
0: Coming up, the Cougar Whip Around plus today's Rise and Shout, and more of your tweets. Thanks for sending them in. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right
2: after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation.
0: You know what it is. BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. We'll tell you which Cougar went one-on-one on national TV yesterday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. Let's whip it! It's time for the Cougar
1: Whiparound. Women's volleyball. The 21st-ranked women's volleyball team has seven games left in the regular season and a one-game lead in the WCC. Next up for the Cougars is a home match
0: Thursday against Loyola Marymount on BYU TV. Soccer. After upsetting sixth-ranked Portland over the weekend, the now 20th-ranked BYU Cougars host San Diego Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, live on BYU TV. Golf. After day one at the Rainbow Wahine Invitational,
1: sophomore Leah Garner is tied for first place, and BYU is in fifth place. The tournament continues in Hawaii
0: through Thursday. horizon shout today. <laughs> Goes. First of all, to Jerem Jordan. Happy 30th birthday, Anti, my friend. And Ty Detmer. And Detmer, 46 years old today, is Ty, and hanging out in Texas. And, of course, Lee Johnson, who was a fantastic guest. Really He's funny. funny. Really insightful and uh, a great punter. I love that he said, I was crushing it. (laughs) I crushed it. I was crushing the ball that day. And also that he said one of the best days of his life was after Wyoming got their new million-dollar scoreboard, he kicked a ball and it hit the light and broke it.
1: (laughs) On the new scoreboard. That's awesome. That's awesome. Final poll results. If I had power to choose BYU's bowl opponent, who would it be? Winner, winner, Utah. Climbs back and wins the poll. 47% of Cougar BYU Sports Nation want Utah, followed by 33% USC, nobody else within 10%. So it's either Utah or USC, essentially, for BYU
0: fans. I'd love to ask that question to Utah fans. How much do you want to face BYU in the Fight Hunger Bowl? And I'm guessing it would be like 0.47%.
1: You know who I really want in the bowl game?
0: Virginia. <laughs> Redemption. <laughs> Come on, let's beat them by 45.
1: Can we play just... Virginia
0: in the first half and Utah in the second half? Ugh, that, that loss is going to kill me forever. <laughs> oh. Hey, what about uh, Taysom Hill? Tell us about that, Jerem Jordan. What was, uh, what was BYU's quarterback doing yesterday?
1: I guess it was a show called Fast Football. They talked about uh, teams with tempo, you know. So Taysom Hill came into the BOA TV studios yesterday and uh, had what's called a talk back. So we we generate it's live sometimes, so it's, we'll tape it. Where he'll sit there and uh, be interviewed. He can't see them, but he can hear them. Uh, and he was on the show on the CBS Sports Network. Uh, just one of the many guys who have done this before. Bronco Mendenhall has been on, uh, you know, Jim Rome and on College Football Live. Jimmer has come in here. Uh, Kyle Van for uh, Craig Cusick for Sports Center, and so uh, Taysom Hill featured nationally yesterday for BYU's five game win streak and. BYU's Tempo, the quickest team in the country.
0: And because he has the potato gun on his right arm. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) The potato gun. Back to Twitter. At Cougarback, asking which team you would pick to play in the Fight Hunger Bowl. Anyone but Oregon State. Sean Mannion would destroy our secondary. Would love another shot at the Utes. Sean Mannion is an NFL quarterback.
1: Big thanks to Lee Johnson, today's guest, and everyone on our BYU Sports Nation crew. Producer Ben Bagley, Senior Coordinating Producer Michael Miner, BYU Radio Station Manager Don Chaline, Production
0: Assistant Spencer King, and our engineer Aaron Evans. Can I get another party horn, Aaron? Ah! Yes, along with simultaneous with the Rise and Shout Cougar Roar. I love it. Check out archived episodes of the show on demand every afternoon at youtube.com/slash BYU Radio. For the birthday boy Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton, and you, my friends, have just listened to BYU Sports Nation. Ah!